from Austin, Texas, the music capital of the universe. This is the Cap Mac Podcast for July 2016. This month, join Tommy Craig, Jim Wynn, and Mary Ward, a welcome new voice hereabouts, as they ponder the eccentricities of iPhone 7 and introduce a brand new feature called Mailbag, where you get to ask questions and we struggle to find the answers. All this and more this month on the Cap Mac Podcast. Once again, we're recording this in our makeshift studios in the back room of Denny's Capital, just before a board meeting. Let's dive in. Well, one of the hot topics this month is going to be the new iPhone, whatever they're going to call it. Everybody is all of a sudden disappointed. It's not going to have this. It's going to have too little of this. It's going to be too expensive. It's going to be the wrong shape. Tommy, uh, what have you heard about the new iPhone and uh, what are you expecting? Well, I've heard all kinds of rumors. Uh, one of the interesting ones is that they're going to do away with the 16 gig uh, entry level phone and the new entry level will be 32 gigs. Um, I think that might be a reasonable assumption. Um, of course, the big rumor that everybody is either pro or, or con against is removing of the headphone jack and having everything be a lightning connector or, I guess, uh, Bluetooth uh, ear pods or whatever. Um, I don't know. You know... Nobody ever knows what you always hear these rumors and you just kind of have to wait until uh, September or whenever it is. And Apple will tell us what's going to be in the new phone. I believe it'll be a, a good product and something that people want. And and I don't buy into the all the naysayers saying that, you know, the iPhone 7 is not going to sell or anything like that. Uh, I think everybody else would be happy with the number of of, of sales that Apple's going to get out of the iPhone 7. Hey, Mary, what, what iPhone do you have? I have an iPhone 6S. Yeah, so you got one of the new ones. Yeah, it's pretty new. What would it take to get you to buy a new iPhone? Well, uh, Besides $800. Oh, and, and besides the fact that on my plan I can actually get one if I really want it. Really? Yeah, uh, I'm, I, it's a Sprint plan. think... Um, I might go for more. Right now I have one of the 32s, and if I decided I'm going to go up, I think I might go for even more. Jim, um, are you in the market for a phone? Probably will be because I presently have an iPhone 5, and it's you know kind of showing its age, and it's you know, you know, seemed to be a little bit you know, out of date, so I probably will be in the market. You know, for a phone, I probably won't buy it. You know, on the first you know day or week, but you know, it's 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 going to be time to get one. You know, it's uh, I think the new phones will offer a good bit more performance than uh, you know the 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 uh, you know the older phones, even the successes. I think uh, I think they are talking about having a new you know new processor, so that I think you know, the other performance of the phone will be better. So I think it'll be you know very uh, for for me it'll be a definite improvement. Okay, now that we've uh, discussed the new phones, what would it take you to get to consider changing your carrier? Uh, Mary, are you happy with your carrier? 
Um, in most ways, yeah. It. Uh, I considered getting the Apple plan um, when I bought the 6S. Uh, I had had a 4S and I had bought the minimum amount of memory when I bought the 4S. I'm never going to do anything like that again. Um, not a wise decision. That's not how, that's not the best way to save your money. It happened that Sprint offered pretty much the same thing for slightly less and all I really ended up having to pay for in addition was to go ahead and pay for the Apple Care. I would never go without the Apple Care. Now that's a that's a good point. Tommy, do you think uh, Apple Care is a good deal on a phone? Oh, it definitely is. Um, I kind of messed up on my last phone and I intended to to get Apple Care but I didn't buy it when I got the phone because you back then you had 30 days to get it and I missed the the 30-day deadline by four days and I kind of kept my fingers crossed hoping nothing would happen and I got by but when I got my 6s I definitely got Apple Care, and it, it's a very good thing to have I think and I would recommend that people get it Mary's interesting you know the the topic of memory is kind of interesting to me um, I had always had a 64 gig iPhone and when I upgraded this time I went for the 128 gig and I've kind of decided that I don't think I really need 128 gigs um, 64 was was plenty of storage I, I was pretty much full but I had like 32 gigs of music on my phone that's the only reason I filled it up so it's kind of interesting people are wanting 256 gig phones and all and I don't know really that it makes a lot of sense to spend the extra money for that I think 64 is a nice nice number of, of, of amount of storage for a phone yeah I think my, you know, my phone's a 64 and it's nowhere near full uh, you know probably I, probably I have the most of what I have on mine are, are photos you know, that I haven't really, you know, called out. So, I, uh, you know, I think, you know, 64 is, you know, uh, probably be a very comfortable, uh, you know, amount of storage to have. Mary? Well, what had happened was when I bought the six, the 4S, I can't remember what the minimum was, but I had bought the, the bare minimum, and that, I think it was 8. And I was having a lot of trouble with it not running very well at 8. So, I think that kind of being kind of in the middle of the road not not spending all my money on the highest amount I could possibly get but I'm probably going to stay one above the minimum from now on okay this month we're adding a new feature called mailbag now each month we're going to feature a selection of questions and comments and our panel is going to do their very best to help or at least do no harm in finding a solution <laughs> Now, the first question is, what's the best way to know when it's time to upgrade an Apple product? Specifically, the question is, my iPhone 5 battery is almost shot. Should I buy a new model, an older model, or try to get another year out of what I have? I think with an iPhone 5, you know, which is what I, like I said before, was what I have, you know, it's probably time, you know, to get a new one. Uh, the, the new phones will have, uh, you know, new features, new, new perf you know, better performance. Uh, so I think that, that, that will justify it. Uh, 
I, on, a, on a phone, I don't know that replacing a battery really makes good sense. You know, the, the, the phones progress fast enough to where, you know, it's, it's, it's probably better to, you know, go ahead and, and have the new phone. If you, uh, well, for instance, with you know, the laptop I have, it apparently will not run the, the latest operating system when it comes out in the fall. So that's going to be you know, something that's going to uh, you know, prompt me to probably you know, buy a newer machine, whether it's you know, from the CapMac auction or from uh, you know, maybe a, a refurbished, or I might even you know, splurge all the way and buy a new machine, which I had actually have not purchased a new, machine, a, new, a new Apple laptop since 1997, but that's another story. Tommy? Well, yeah, I think um, if you have a five, and especially if money's an issue, I'd really look at the, the SE. Uh, the SE is just a really great model, I think, and for the price, you can't hardly beat it. And, you know, a phone, at least, you know, I've got the 6S, so as far as upgrading to the 7, I don't know. I'm kind of used to upgrading every other year. And I think I may stick with that, but by the time two or three models have rolled by, uh, the the difference in performance has really made, you know, like I think between the my 5S and the 6S, I think the processor's like four times faster. So it really makes a difference, and the SE is just a great buy. Uh, you pretty much get everything you get in a, in a 6S and a whole lot for a whole lot less money. Mary? I agree with Tommy that, that at this point, if you don't think that your 5 is going to limp along until the next phone comes out, the only drawback is that it sounds like in the next uh, version of iOS, they're going to kind of up the ante on this, um, 3D on the 3D touch. Right now, who cares, but uh, to be honest about it, but um, it's possible there would be some features in iOS 10 that you wouldn't be able to use, but you would certainly be able to bring that phone along for a while and, and um, upgrade in maybe a year or two when those features are really coming into their own. I think that would be a really good choice. All right. The next question here is, what's the best way to prepare for a genius bar appointment? And the person says, I've never felt properly prepared. Any suggestions? Tommy, you've, you've done a genius bar appointment recently. Yeah. Um, I think the, the main thing is it's good to make a reservation before you show up. Uh, sometimes the line or when you get to the store if you want to do a reservation when you get there it may be two or three hours at least so of course it's kind of fun to sit around the Apple store and play with things for a couple hours but um, if you have other things to do make your appointment ahead of time be sure and back up your whatever you're taking in before you go uh, so that you have a backup uh, Apple's very good about trying to protect your data, but uh, things happen, so don't take any chances. And, of course, it's also very important to have any of your passwords for accessing the hardware and all that you might need or that they might need um, to, to get access to the equipment. 
and go and be patient and um, uh, kind of be in awe of how nice the, the geniuses are. Uh, they do amazing things, and we really need to thank them when they, when they do good things for us. I think, too, uh, is have a clear idea of what your problem is. Not just it's broken, but have you know, organized uh, in your mind you know, what it's doing, what it's, exactly what it's doing wrong. You know, let them troubleshoot it. Uh, you know, don't, don't go in there with a, you know, a bunch of wild theories about what the problem might be. Just, you know, tell them, you know, what it's not, not doing and let, let them figure it out. And I think uh, that will, you know, ease the process. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that except um, I find it the easiest to make the reservation through the Apple Store app. And that there's a little section where you can put comments, and it it probably leaves you a lot of room, but you don't have to write a dissertation in there. Just say just say exactly what it's doing, and they they'll probably read it, but they're going to do their own diagnostics. Very good. The next question is: What is the best way to back up your iPhone or iPad? I've been using iCloud. But someone at CapMax said that isn't the best way. What is the best way? And if I need to change, how would I go about doing that? Jim? Well, uh, I back up my iOS devices to my computer, you know, you know using iTunes. Uh, what, in fact, what I do is I actually do a, uh, periodically do a backup to the computer, and then I, then I switch over to iCloud, so I have both backups. And then uh, also I choose to encrypt them, so that way all the passwords are preserved. But by, by having you know, two backups, you know, a manual backup to the computer, and then the automatic backups to iCloud, I figured I've, I'm covering myself as well as I can. Okay, Tommy? That's exactly what I do. You can't argue with that. <laughs> Mary, I bet you're not going to argue with that either. No, guilty as charged. I just started backing it up to the computer. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, now here is a sensitive question. And I'm just going to read it. CapMac seems to have a growing number of blind and low vision members. And that's cool. But what is so attractive about Apple and CapMac with low vision members? Just curious. Okay, Mary, I'm going to let you start. <laughs> this is a can of worms. Um, what's attractive to blind people about CapMac is really, I think it's Apple. Because Apple has committed itself to, to accessibility for people who are blind or have low vision. I'm one of the blind ones. I'm just plumb blind. I can't see nothing. Um, and there's other people that have some vision, but they need magnification and other features. Um, since the um, iOS, since I guess the iPhone 3, um, Apple has been so committed to accessibility that um, we can buy Apple products right and, and have them up and running right out of the box. That is still not really true with anybody else's products. Um, with, for the Windows, we have to buy special programs or maybe there's free ones but you have to get third-party apps and sometimes they're very expensive um, apple is really committed 
if, if you go to a place where there's a whole bunch of blind people, you're going to see a whole lot of iPhones. <laughs> Tommy? Yeah, well, Mary's pretty much right. Um, Apple is, is the reason, I think. Um, Apple is by far the most progressive company in the world as far as um, uh, you know, dedicating their products for accessibility and stuff. Uh, they've done more in, I guess, the last five or six years for accessibility than all the other companies put together in history, I think, just about. Um, it is really, I know for me, um, the first time I realized I could walk into a store or any office and walk up to a Mac and hit Command F5 and, and have speech, uh, it's just amazing because I'd never had that kind of access to a computer. Um, and it, it's really kind of interesting because Apple did a complete 180. For years, Apple products were completely inaccessible for blind people. Uh, they did nothing for accessibility, but when they decided to make it a priority, they, they did it, and they did it right. And... Um, I think people, their products are easy to use. Um, the company just has a really strong dedication to making the world a better place for everybody. Uh, you know, they even just came out with a, a new part of their healthcare app to, to let you do um, uh, donate body parts or whatever. So it's, it's just a real commitment to humanity as a company. And I think Cap Mac shows that off. We we do our best to highlight what a great company Apple is, and I think that's what attracts people. Well, something else too. In in Mary, one of the the first times I had a chance to visit with you was at an accessibility workshop there at Apple. Um, were you kind of surprised that they were doing a visual accessibility workshop there? Well, I I was surprised that they had them and I was surprised at the level of knowledge that the 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 uh, presenters had another thing that Apple has though besides those because those are kind of a general overview of, of of accessibility but another thing they have that I really can't recommend enough is they have a special hotline for people to call when they're having any kind of accessibility you print you, you call the number and you push one or something like that if you have an issue with your iOS device and accessibility, you press two and, and you know, for anything else like a Mac or something. And um, they really wind up doing a lot of teaching because I know when I first got my Mac, I was so ready to go up to the top of that UT tower and throw that computer off. If, if they'd have let me up there, I might've done it. But they walked me through things. They, um, you know, directed me to places where I could get other training. Um, you know, they gave me little tips and little, you know, pointers about keyboard shortcuts and, and concepts and everything. And, um, you know, so that I think is a really, really impressive thing about Apple is they actually have um, people working the phone lines dealing with all disabilities, not just blindness, but with um, deafness, with physical disabilities. Um, they're going to be putting a new uh, feature in their watch where instead of reminding you to walk it'll remind you to roll your wheelchair um you know they're just as far as accessibility for people with disabilities they're just phenomenal okay last question here is i'm giving one of my old computers to a nephew 
I don't have anything really important on it like government secrets or emails, but I do want them to have a fresh, clean machine. What would you recommend that I do to prepare the machine to donate it to my nephew? Well, uh, first off, you, you know, the best thing to do would be to really wipe the hard drive clean. And you can do that in, in disk utility. And uh, yeah, I think there's an option for secure erasure. And it takes a while, but it will uh, eliminate all the data on the existing data on the hard drive. A normal uh, basic erasure or initialization basically just removes the directory to the hard disk, but all the data is left in place. But if you do a secure erase, uh, basically all the data is obliterated. Tommy? Um, once again, I don't know that I can add to that. That's, um, that's the way to do it. Mary? I'm out. <laughs> Okay, just a reminder, if you have any questions or tips to share, just send them to feedback at catmac.org. Or if you really want to be high-tech, you can use the Voice Memo app on your iPhone or iPad and record your question in your own voice. Now, keep it short and clear. And when you're happy with the way you sound, just send it to us at feedback at catmac.org. And that's it for Mailbag, and we'll be back next month. Okay, hey, Tommy, tell us a little bit about what this month's meeting is about. Okay, this month's meeting is going to be uh, really good. Uh, we will have um, Larry from Otherworld Computing, and um, the topic is going to be on storage solutions for your Mac. So uh, we'll discuss all kinds of different options and what the best products are and the best way to, to get prepared for upgrading your operating system and uh, getting ready for the next version of Mac OS. Well, I want to definitely thank you for, for coming out and, and guesting on the uh, podcast this month, and please come back. Uh, one of the things that's really important with the podcast is that we hear from our members and we hear different viewpoints and ideas. So I sure hope you'll come back and visit us. That was fun. Jim? Yes, I... Uh, you know, I I'd like to invite you know, anyone who, will, who would like to you know, contribute. Uh, you know, that, that's what CapMac is all about. It's you know, uh, people helping people. You know, Mac users helping other Mac users. And no, none of us have all the answers, and none of us have all the questions either. So please, you know, please you know, join in. Yeah, just uh, I'd say do people a favor so they don't have to listen to Michael and I all the time and come and and participate and let them hear some new voices and some some new thoughts uh, it's it's easy to do uh, all you do is sit around the table and talk so uh, most of us can do that Thanks for joining us this month on the CapMac Podcast. If you're a member of CapMac, thanks for supporting us. And if you're not yet a member, we hope you'll join us at one of our meetings, one of our SIGs, or on our website at www.capmac.org. We're one of the oldest and largest Apple users groups in the world, and we'd sure like to have you as a member. If you have ideas or suggestions for CapMac, please send them to feedback 
at capmac.org. This is a presentation of the Capital Macintosh Users Group in Austin, Texas, and we'll see you next month.